sorts of tea about what's going on inside Washington, D.C., what regulators and lawmakers are thinking and working on, and what you and your credit union should be focused on in terms of risk areas and areas of opportunity. I'm your host, Ann Petros, also NAFQ's Vice President of Regulatory Affairs, and today I am joined by two very exciting guests, Kathy Mann, President and CEO of Inclusive, and Creighton Blackwell, Chief Community and Public Affairs officer at Coastal Credit Union. Both of my guests today are experts on the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund, a new program being implemented by the Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA. And that is the subject of our discussion today. So thank you, Kathy and Creighton, for joining me. Thank you for having us. All right. Thank you, Ann. Yeah, very wow. excited. So let's get started. We've got a lot to talk about. And I know that this is a topic that we could spend days talking about. Um, Kathy, I want to start with the basics um, with you. What is the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund? Yeah, thank you, Ann. And uh, thank you for having me on the podcast this morning. I'm so excited to talk about this topic and what it can mean for credit unions. So the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund is a fund that was um, part of the broader Inflation Reduction Act that was passed last year. And the goals of the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund is really to be directing capital and investing in clean energy projects around the country that would not otherwise be financed. The, the primary goal is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, and there's some big uh, goals and, and metrics that uh, that the legislation sets out for that. Um, but also as part of the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund, uh, there's a goal to advance um, equity. So to ensure that um, clean energy and greening, um, you know, green projects are invested in, particularly in communities that have historically been the most disadvantaged by environmental policy, you know, so the communities that have some of the high, the, the poorest air quality and kind of the greatest uh, challenges with pollution. So it really is intended to make sure that capital flows, but that it flows to projects that are going to be addressing and most investing in um, communities that have been historically um, uh, had had some of the greatest challenges with air quality and pollution. Mm -hmm. It also has a goal of leveraging private sector capital and trying to create a long-term sustainable entity that will, for years to come, be able to continue to invest in, in ongoing clean and green projects. Excellent. And what was the impetus to pass this as part of the Inflation Reduction Act? And how involved were you and inclusive in that process? Yeah, so we got involved um, very early on, and we had been working on passing what became the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund um, as independent legislation back um, in during the height of the pandemic in 2020. Um, and then in 2021, we had been working on this initiative um, along with the, the um, offices of, of Senator Markey and Senator Van Hollen, who were sort of the Senate sponsor leads on this, 
Um, at the time, it was called the Clean Energy Sustainability Accelerator. Um, and originally, it was sort of a standalone bill that was looking at how to create kind of a national entity that would invest in clean and green projects around the country. Oh, fantastic. So can you describe some of the work that Inclusive is already doing in this space, you know, green lending, climate resiliency, things of that nature? Absolutely. So Inclusive has been um, starting in October of 2019, we launched something called the Center for Resiliency and Clean Energy. And through that center, we have really driven um, a really broad based agenda to try to um, support the community development credit union movement, the CDFI movement, and community-based lenders all across the country to be able to adopt green products and be able to drive capital to in their communities uh, to be sort of keeping it invested in and, and connected to a, a greening economy. So we launched um, what we call the Solar Finance Training Program along with the University of New Hampshire, which provide which has at this point provided training to about 300 community development lenders around the country. And we're continuing to do that. We have two or three classes each year. Um, we run a class on consumer uh, solar tra- uh, finance and commercial finance. So um, our goal has really been to sort of build the capacity of our own field and in the credit union movement to really build the capacity of credit unions to be developing green products, investing in opportunities in their own local communities, and now to be able to be ready to draw on some of this capital that's coming our way. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a great segue into a question for Creighton. Um, why are credit unions and CDFIs such a natural fit to help disperse the funds from the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund? Um Thank you for that question. And once again, thank you. Uh, we appreciate the time to be here and also to appreciate such partners that we have with Kathy and Inclusive. So important to the movement as you're already here and there. Many of us already know and continue to that. So once again, just a thank you. I think it's a very easy answer. If you look at not just the purpose, if you not just look at what we do every day from a credit union standpoint, what other perfect organization that can get lending and impact on the ground directly to people who need it the most. It's so written in our mission. It's so written in all of our standards, our principles, our philosophies. When we look at the fact that uh, coming through this, we have disbursement channels. We have the ability to reach individuals, our membership, communities from every level of lending, every level of their financial service, every level of community development, every piece that we heard Kathy just mentioned about why these dollars are coming the way they were and they've created, well, credit unions have been doing that. Mm-hmm. They've been able to reach into those communities, create different products, have the flexibility, the adaptability to find the need for their community, for their membership, and shape it around there. When we talk about green and we're defining the importance of green, this is a perfect place for us to once again continue to adapt, figure out what are those specific things, those specific ways that that greenhouse reduction can now better homes, better communities, better uh, individuals, better families. All of those conveniences or connections, 
This is what we continue to always stress from a credit union purpose and how this movement, how our partners, how everyone comes back into saying this is impact and no better organization, no better movement than credit unions are created to be able to really fulfill this. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, credit unions are already on the ground in their communities, always have, you know, members top of mind unlike some other financial institutions out there. Um, so, you know, what concerns do you have about other entities, including, let's say, green banks, um, receiving, you know, the, the bulk of the funding? What, what might that mean? One of the biggest concerns I always go back to is that lack of on-the-ground connection. When we continue to talk about the fact that we lend, we talk, we help, we are there with members from every piece of the loan, from every piece of their financial life and all the connections that add to it. We have the ability to make that loan. We have the ability to have that conversation. We have the ability to partner with people who can bring that education, bring those things directly to them. We don't need an intermediary. We are that direct conduit. Many of these other institutions, while having a positive intent, lack that structure. They lack the ability to actually be able to go directly to their communities, to their member, to that direct individual, and be able to have that way of shaping it in a way that will positively impact them. They lack those connections. They lack the ability in many cases to even have the partnerships that has where we can have a an us an inclusive sitting here on this podcast today speaking from the same lens of how do we help and how do we impact many don't have the same infrastructure and the same types of of partners across the community across the country that the credit unions can put together Many of those, they lack that. And what we don't want to happen with such a grand opportunity to impact people is they it goes into places where now it falls into those traps where monies and different resources stay, we talked about on the ground, stay in the air. Mm-hmm. That's if it gets trapped there and gets trapped in those types of different projects, those types of uh, different type bureaucracies, it doesn't help the people we need to help. Mm-hmm. So when you say getting trapped in the air, you mean getting you know stuck in the process of, let's say, working with Wall Street investors and, yes. and capital to, to try to get this money to where it needs to be, but- you know, even though there's a lot of money there, it makes the process more cumbersome. Correct. Mm-hmm. And the more com- complex that you make the process, there's people in need right now. That's right. This, the, the monies and the resources that this can bring could uh, impact a family this morning. Mm-hmm. Some of these, when you get lost in the process, now it might be months on end because you have to keep creating the different levels to make sure it happens in the most efficient way. Well, we already have those structures. Mm -hmm. Those structures have been built. Those partnerships have been built from credit unions to be able to move past those things. Let us be able to help you help them. 
That's the structure of what we have built. And when other entities don't have those same types of structures, it's now not going to help the people as quick or as fast. And in some cases at all that we really know needs this type of help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, especially those low income and disadvantaged communities, maybe can't afford to wait that long. That's right. Right. Need it now. Um, what does credit union green lending currently look like? And, you know, how would additional monies from the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund help credit unions to better serve their members and communities? What would change? Well, and you see, if you look across the board, there's a different variety of different credit union types of products that you're seeing today. You're seeing from EV lending for uh, being able to have lending for certain types of electronic vehicles. You're seeing Mm -hmm. things of that nature. You are seeing some um, some housing, uh, affordable housing pieces that are uh, worked where you're making sure the upfits of that is going to be a, a little bit better. You are seeing, in some cases, even some solar panel type lending. You're seeing that gambit of, of different things. But what changes now, and I think it changes especially based off of the needs that we're now hearing even more from our members and communities. Because what changes now is the ability to now spread out. And now what about HVACs? Mm. What about, and we're hearing directly now from communities that are openly saying we have individuals who need an HVAC loan because they have HVACs. Um, they have air conditioning and heating units that are 40, 50 years old. Wow. That they are now paying, in many cases, two to $300 a month extra if they did not have the, a lending and an organization that could help lend them money to now upgrade mm-hmm. that unit. Now, think about those members that across the country that... 100 to 200 to $300 a month. Think about that impact that you can have on their life. Right. And putting that money back into their monthly um, budget. Those type of changes now expands all of our capabilities to now build these types of products to a point where it can now not just be a com- in a commodity type place, not just be where it's only here and there. It could be the types of things that as we continue to partner with great people like Inclusive and we lean on much of that guidance and great partners as NAFCU and we continue to lean on it. Now we can build so many other types of products that directly now aims at that. And while we're doing this, we're really redefining what many people think green is hmm. because it's okay. not just the large solar uh, farms. No, we are talking about the hundred dollars to $200 that you could save with now doing an HVAC loan for that family that truly needs it. We're now changing with this mm-hmm. can change all of this definition of what green really means and how green can be something that truly is a, place where credit unions can play and have even more impact in the many cases that we've even thought about before. Wow. So yeah, it sounds like the impacts are are really um, broad and, and potentially going beyond just 
you know, the green lending, the energy efficiency lending. But when you expand, you know, members um, ability to afford other expenses, you add to their budget, then, you know, anything is is possible, really. And and that provides opportunities for credit unions to to provide even more assistance uh, to those communities. Great. So question for both of you. Um, what are some issues that still need to be resolved with the design and implementation of the fund? We know that the EPA recently put out an implementation framework, but I think that maybe, you know, created more questions than it answered. It answered a few. Um, you know, we know that there are going to be uh, multiple recipients. It's not just going to be, you know, a single recipient, which I think we were all pleased to see, but uh, there are still some uncertainties. Can you describe, you know, what those are? Uh, Kathy, let's start with you. Yeah, happily. So, um, so, and the, the original, the legislation for the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund had sort of two pots of funding. One was $7 billion. So, Total funding was $27 billion. $7 billion right off the top was to go to state and local governments to be able to implement green green financing projects in their in their states. Um, and then the $20 billion were was remaining for kind of to, to finance uh green lending across the country. That in so when the EPA released their initial framework they have now created sort of three different sort of buckets or competitions as they call it. There's a $14 billion national clean investment fund competition. And that is intending to fund two to three national nonprofits that then will partner with private sector capital or will leverage private sector sector capital to deliver financing at scale to businesses, communities, and community lenders around the country. There's a six, and then there's a six billion dollar clean, what they're calling the Clean Communities Investment Accelerator Competition, and in that competition, they expect to make about anywhere between two and seven grants to again to sort of large uh, national nonprofits to then be able to capitalize and get capital out to be able to build the capacity of on the ground lenders. And then, of course, the third competition is that $7 billion solar for all competition, which goes to state and local governments. So what we're really looking at for the credit union sector is there's sort of two opportunities in that framework. One is to be able to draw capital under the accelerator competition, the Clean Communities Investment Accelerator. That would be able to then provide kind of grant funding and sort of soft capital is the way I think about it, that will build the capacity of on the ground lenders. The other competition, and once those sort of on the ground lenders get have their capacity built, they can then act, also access the National Clean Investment Fund um, to be able to draw capital for specific financing projects or products. So there's two, a couple of different ways that credit unions are going to be able to benefit from this. I think first and foremost, that accelerator will get immediate dollars flowing to sort of build the balance sheet and build the on the ground capacity. But 
the really long-term sustainable source of capital is going to be in that National Clean Investment Fund. And that's really going to be an opportunity for credit unions to be able to, over the long time, be, the long haul, to hopefully be able to be drawing capital that is able to then finance the kinds of products that Creighton was talking so much about, which is everything from the smallest of small loans to replace an appliance to, to be more energy efficient, all the way up to kind of larger scale uh, community financing activities. And what are some of the issues that you think still have to be resolved by the EPA? I mean, Inclusive has submitted a number of you know comment letters on this process. Um, do you think the EPA will be receptive and, and responsive to those concerns? Um, I'm hopeful that they'll be responsive to to the concerns we've raised. You know, the structure, I think we were um, a little bit thrown initially by the creation of those two separate competitions within the $20 billion pot that was intended to go out to capitalize on the ground lending um, capabilities. There's, there's two, there's a couple of really important components to it. One is um, credit unions are not able to be eligible applicants or recipients for either competition directly. So we have to be working in collaboration and we have to be drawing upon kind of the, the collective capabilities in the credit union movement of intermediaries to be able to draw that capital. But one of the things that we have sought clarification on, and, and the guidance was very broad, but you know we fully see credit unions as active participants in both competitions, both being able to draw dollars from the accelerator to build their capacity as lenders, but also to be able to draw capital from some of those award recipients under the National Clean Investment Fund, not just to be providing projects up to a large national bank, green bank, but instead to be drawing that capital so that they can be doing the financing that they need to do directly in their communities. So we've asked for a lot of clarification on around that to the EPA. We really expect to see that in the National Clean Investment Fund, credit unions should be able to draw capital from those those funds, those awardees, to be able to do their own lending the way they want to do it. And again, to to emphasize Creighton's point, every community credit union, every credit union designs their products not based on what some national entity is telling them to do, but based on what they're seeing as the on the ground need in their communities. So we need the maximum flexibility of the community lenders to be able to design those products exactly as Creighton talked about and to do it that that is immediately responsible to those needs on the ground and draw the capital to be able to to grow those grow and scale those products. So we've been looking for a lot of clarification to make sure that lending the structure of the products is driven by the design on the ground, not the design in the in the air, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, we definitely want credit unions and CDFIs to be able to directly access the funds through, you know, their nonprofit partners and and not have to be sort of second tier in in this whole process. Um, Creighton, same question to you. Are there any issues that Kathy hasn't mentioned that still remain to be um, resolved 
through the EPA's guidance, any additional information that you think we need to have? And do you think the EPA is going to be responsive? Uh, well, well, Kathy hit the majority of, uh, I think, the major concerns, and it does come back to just more clarification. Mm-hmm. It comes back to more eligibility. Mm-hmm. Um, eligibility was one of the the key points from the beginning of this conversation when we we knew these funds were coming out as to who was going to be eligible, what types of partnerships, what types of things were going to be able to happen. Because we saw that one of the first things that first came out was it said non-depository institutions uh, were not going to be eligible to be able to do that. So how can we then be able to play into either one of these pots? Uh, there's still some eligibility questions that still needs to be answered and clarification um, as we continue to go there before we get to uh, some of the grant cycles and the things that will be coming up uh, very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I will like to speak to one point, especially that Kathy w- was making, is about one of the ways we tried to figure that out early on was the creation of a national a nonprofit named Accordy. And Accordy is, when Kathy spoke to that intermediary, Accordy is a nonprofit intermediary that has been created um, as a a lending solution, a structure to be able to help partner and scale these types of funds for credit unions, for CDFIs, for our partners here, um, as a way to make sure that eligibility does not escape the credit unions. And that has been something that has been hard work uh, from the beginning of this to, and thank you to um, multiple people here. Uh, Steve Hennigan was uh, a flagship and in, in, in really leading this. Uh, a special thank you to Steve. Uh, Kathy has been part of all of these conversations. Thank you for once again for Inclusive in helping to walk this out because we knew we needed that conduit, that nonprofit entity that will be able to now have that partnership. And a special thank you to, once again, NAFKI, who's been part of uh, every one of those discussions and have that same partnership because this is how we define the eligibility question and try to put that Mm -hmm. to the side for credit unions. For every reason that we said we needed to be here, that was a strategic piece that we had to know we had to do from the absolute beginning of this. So that group's now in existence. Accordy is there and it is there to be able to be that official eligible applicant that many, as we we are sitting here discussing, are having problems trying to figure out the clarification of things. That answer actually happened with Accordy. So a special thank you once again to the to all of this group, NAFQ and um, the work that uh, NAFQ has done in this. And once again, Kathy, to help Accordy now build. And now we get to build to the next levels of this. While many other uh, organizations that are looking for these same dollars do not have that same opportunity in that same structure right now. It places us in a different place that is a right now a very exciting place for us to be. Mm-hmm. Well, that is definitely very exciting um, for our viewers and listeners. There is a vehicle for you 
there is a home for you in this process. Equity is that vehicle through which uh, you may be able to access some of this funding. So if you're interested in learning more, if you're interested in being a part of this process and obtaining you know, part of this grant funding to provide um, green uh, lending products to your communities, Equity could be that partner yes. that, that you're looking for. So um, more to come there, I'm sure. But um, definitely, you know, big thanks again to, to you, to Kathy um, and, and Steve, of course, uh, and, and all the work that you've put in and putting that together. All right. My next question, again, to both of you, um, what should credit unions be thinking about when it comes to climate change broadly and the role that the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund will play in reducing emissions long term, um, why is it important to start having these conversations about the impacts of climate change and making action plans uh, with your credit union management and boards of directors now, you know, sooner rather than later? Yeah. Kathy? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say, you know, I, I think it's, I think initially uh, credit units kind of look at, you know, some of this, the climate change and the opportunities around green lending and kind of think like, I'm not sure that that's right for my community. That might take me away from my core mission of just sort of getting, you know, good, responsible loans and, and services out in my community. The the truth of the matter is, is that it's not necessarily a redirect of what you're already doing. And we like to think about when you and when you're thinking about climate change and addressing climate change in your credit union, it's really about thinking about a kind of a, a new lens to put across all of your products and services, right? So if you're really focused on getting people into affordable homes and being able to be homeowners and be able to benefit from home ownership, then green products that help you those homes be more energy efficient to you know reduce the utility bills, you know, to be able to think about generating solar so that you're more resilient if the grid goes down or you're, you know, out in the midst of a of a climate event and you need to be able to be self-sustaining. You know, we could be thinking about kind of, you know, to, to Creighton's point around electric vehicles, if you're, you know, if you do a, a tremendous amount of car of auto lending, this is a great opportunity as price points start coming down for electric vehicles, we can be getting a lot of people into new types of vehicles that are going to be much easier, better on the, on the household budget in the long run that you're not having to pay all kinds of um, their income towards, you know, fueling up the car every week. Um, but rather could be benefiting from, you know, the opportunities available through electric vehicles. So in a lot of ways, you know, it's about thinking about what you do, where your, you know, sweet spot is as a credit union, and then thinking about how do you introduce the types of products that in the long run are good for the climate, reducing uh, gas and uh, greenhouse gas emissions, but also are good for the household budget, because that's where the sort of that sweet spot works. That's where, that's the intersection that credit unions um, do best in. And I think that's going to be sort of 
a real opportunity. Why should the benefits of a greening economy go to people who are not our members of our credit unions, right? We need to be able to get these advantages and these benefits to our members now. So it's a great time to kind of plug into the conversation. We have great training programs. We have great support systems in place. We have great partners like Ecority and NAFQ who are sort of building the awareness and the support and the opportunities to plug in. So it's a good time to plug in and uh, we're all here to support your credit union. Creighton, same question to you. Why is it important to start thinking about you know climate change, reducing emissions long-term, talking to your, your management team, your boards of directors, why now? I'm going to challenge us and use a term that is thrown around quite a bit, especially today, which is financial well-being. And we discuss how our mission, our purpose, our principles, our philosophies, everything that drives us as not-for-profit financial uh, member-owned institutions we will always come back to these values. Well, financial well-being as one of those things that we say we want to make sure those values is helping for our membership tells me this phrase, there's no such thing as not in our lane if it helps promote financial well-being for our membership. And in many cases, it is... We can fall into the trap of saying, and Kathy said this so well, that's not our lane. Mm -hmm. Green energy may not be our lane. But if it positively impacts our memory and can help their financial well-being, and we've talked about the examples through this conversation of how it can put money in their pockets, how it could better living environments, which allows that, because now you're connecting it to the other decisions that every family, every member have to make about their budget. It all connects. Mm -hmm. Bettering our community. All of these things still connects. So it's hard for me to hear that and then say, but that's not in our lane. I think part of us as credit unions that we have to be able to, to challenge ourselves and saying, so here's the connection. The entire definition of what we're saying from a greenhouse a gas reduction and what this fund is doing. Once again, if you read behind what's really trying to impact it, it's in our lane. If you hear about the products and we're trying to create, it's in our lane. Everything that Kathy is, is mentioning and what inclusive have done such a great job of leading us through is in our lane. Everything that NAFQ is walking through and why we are partnered here and having this conversation and why it connects to every other conversation, every other topic that we talk about in the promotion of our membership, in the promotion of their lives, it all connects. So why now? Why not now? Mm -hmm. Because this is a great time with great opportunity for us to continue to redefine how we help people, not from an anecdotal standpoint, but tangibly defining how we help people, how financial well-being is something at the core of what we do, how our partnerships continue to reinforce that every day. That is our lane. 
All right. Yeah. It sounds like we've really come full circle in this conversation. Any parting remarks, uh, anything else that our viewers and listeners should be aware of when it comes to the greenhouse gas reduction fund and um, what this means for, for climate change and in their institutions? Kathy? Yeah, I'll just say, I think um, we're, we're in a moment and this is a, this is a, uh, the greenhouse gas reduction fund is a tremendous amount of resources. Uh, you know, for years we've been working to drive capital to the credit unions through the CDFI fund. That appropriation is a quarter of a billion dollars every year. It's 225 million, you know, more or less each year. We now have the opportunity to be drawing, you know, exponential amounts of resources to our communities by being by taking advantage of this moment. So I really feel like we're going to look back in 10 years and say, like, this is the moment where our movement transformed into being kind of the source of capital that built a green economy that was fair, that was equitable, that is owned by all, that is um, controlled and and directed by the community that's being served. And I feel like this is a a great moment for credit unions. It's a great moment for us to plug in. So I'm just excited for the opportunities ahead and and look forward to the continued work together with allies like NAFQ and Cordy and, uh, and the whole network of credit unions around the country. Creighton? Yeah, I would simply like to add to that that great response. We also would continue to learn. Mm-hmm. We would also continue. There would be more information that would continue to be laid out about the fund, that would be laid out about the processes. Um, and that is something that this group uh, is so, so excited to have to do. Because we have to be able to translate that to everyone else so that we can all understand all of what Kathy just said, all of these opportunities that right now credit union have. These are great inflection points right now that we have to be able to continue to redefine the movement, not for what it is today, but for what it needs to be for our membership. And that's what these organizations, NAFQ, once again, thank you, Inclusive, thank you, their other partners, all of those that are listening, thank you. There is going to be more that we will have to do together. This will, is a conversation that doesn't stop today. Our learning, our pieces will continue this on. So st- please be open to walking this journey with us because our members continue to walk their journey and our responsibility is to be there for them. Mm-hmm. This is just a start. Just so a start. let's, uh, uh, plug in, as Kathy was saying, and and get involved and listen and learn and serve our communities, um, giving them the the products and services that they need to uh, be resilient to withstand, you know, whatever may come their way. All right. Well, thank you both, Kathy Creighton, so much for joining me. Um, thank you to our listeners and viewers for tuning in to this really, really interesting discussion about the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund and what it means for your credit union and ways that you can get involved if you are interested in participating. So if you enjoy watching or listening to The Cup, please subscribe, turn on your notifications to get updates about new episodes. 
hit the like button and leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing and what you'd like to hear about on a future episode. We always love getting your feedback. Thanks so much. And until next time. Thank you.